Hey, Res family. Uh, Pastor Daniel here with another Fireside Chat. And joining me today is uh, Elder Jeff Palmbach. Uh, Elder Jeff, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, and we're going to continue this um, series, really, that we've been in. Uh, we have been talking about the uh, core values that the elders rolled out uh, at the beginning of 2023. And uh, we're really just going to be uh, looking at uh, the, the introductory statement uh, today and just talking about that. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, Elder Jeff, let me yes, ask you, um, let's see, what's a good question? I like I like to start with just let, let's, let's conversate. You know what I haven't asked you about? How has it been having a family member on staff? How has that been lately? That's, that's a new-ish. Yeah. Well— to me, it's exciting, um, first of all, to have Emma on staff because as my daughter, I get to see her wanting to be a part of the church, mm. that she sees value in serving. She sees value in what we're doing. Um, I've seen, got to see her grow and love the Lord. So for her to be a part of the church and want to serve on staff, to me, is just fantastic. That's cool. I know, I know there's always this risk sometimes, you know, family— in ministry somewhere that, you know, you get jaded, you get bitter, you, you, it gets difficult. The ministry is difficult. And, um, you know, but but I, I think at the same time, I hadn't thought about, you know, my, one of my greatest uh, goals for my kids, and I think most dads would say this, that really love the Lord, is like, man, I want to raise kids that love Jesus. Like, just love, they're just in love with the yeah, Lord. absolutely. And uh, so it's got to be fun to see your kids, um, pra- not just practicing their faith, but like, you know, on staff, in ministry, like doing ministry work in the trenches. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. What I think is neat, though, is that she's, we have a pretty open relationship, and she knows that her dad knows how much he needs the Lord and mm. that life can be messy. Right. And so even in serving, she knows that we're we're all a mess. But <laughs> but Christ is, when Christ is our focus, and then that that changes, you know, how we see each other and how we deal with struggles and issues and right. stuff. So. right. Uh, you and I and, and the elders uh, went up in the fall of 22 uh, to a place you're f- more familiar with. We, yep. were, we were up in the mountains, uh, coast, coastal mountains, I guess, yep. and uh, hanging out and took this this big uh, U-turn in the middle of our retreat where we chucked the agenda out the window right. and uh, decided we needed— In fact, you were writing on my, on my window— I was actually writing on your window. So I couldn't throw it out the window. I threw it on the window and uh, decided, man, the Lord is really leading us to do some work around our culture, our values, our stated values, and kind of how we practiced and lived those out. And we started with this idea that we kind of fleshed out this sort of introductory statement Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I'll, I'll just read it. Our goal is to worship God and work faithfully at the things Jesus left for us to do, becoming more like him in the process. As a church, we believe that doing this together will produce the following things that we call gospel culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I, you know, as part of uh, the rollout of this and, and, and uh, through the course of the year, I'm I'm just loving talking to elders about these statements and, uh, and getting perspective and just hearing how those things uh, mattered to you. And so uh, maybe we'll just start with this. What what stands out to you? What stood out to you in this statement about um, about gospel culture? Well, the first thing that I, I think about a lot is God, personally, that God designed me to be a worshiper of him. 
And that's our first statement. Mm. And um, as we worship God, we're also submitting to him. Mm. And as we submit to him, we're growing in Christ. And as we grow in Christ, we learn about how um, he served others and how he loved others, um, how he humbled himself even unto death. Mm. And so I think the worshiping God is really, to me, just what he designed us to do, to have our focus solely on him, and then he empowers us to do what he needs us to do. I, I always find it interesting that um, a lot of people that I've talked to, especially those that grew up in church, share this this weird misconception that I shared, which is that heaven's going to be boring. Mm. And um, the reason I think I, I thought that growing up and, and for a long time, even in my adult life, was that the way heaven was always described sounded really terrible. Like, I'm going to sit on these these clouds with harps or do these weird, you know, these weird right. things, which, by the way, none of that's in, in the Bible. Um, I don't know where we got that from. But in reality, beyond all the cool stuff the Bible does talk about in heaven, one of the things that I think I've learned and, and is, excites me is like, essentially what the Bible says is, your very design from the very beginning was to worship God. And so all of the worship that we do, even now, once we come to Christ, is distorted. We don't really get this, we don't really fully get to participate in this worship. We're doing our best. You yeah. know, I'm doing my best. Yeah, we're, we're so selfish in so much of what we do. We're thinking about ourselves as we're worshiping. <laughs> right. So. And, you know, there's going to be a day where we get to worship God unadulterated. Mm. It's pure, yeah. you know, without sin, without my messiness in the way, without my selfishness and pride in the way. It's just, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to do exactly what I was designed mm. to do. And it's, it's almost like, you know, my entire earthly life, I'm like, I have this hammer and it was designed to hammer things. And all I'm doing is like digging with it because yeah. that's just all I know. And like, cause there's this one day I'm going to actually get the hammer things. Like right. the thing it was designed to do. Yeah. You know, how cool. That's, that's neat you say that. I was thinking about how God offers us to feast at the table with Abraham and Isaac. And mm. All the fullness of God mm. is ours in Christ Jesus. All the spiritual blessings of God are ours in Christ Jesus. But yet we decide to nibble at the, the right. take the scraps. We'll, we'll stand outside the feast and hope that, it, that we get some scraps tossed out to us. I know this is slightly off topic, but it's a fireside chat, so I can get off topic. Uh, one of the things that really stirs my affection um, for the Lord, that, that, that stokes up the, the the passion and fire that I have for God, is getting to hear other people's testimonies, mm. how God worked on their behalf, and uh, did miracles, and and and, mm. and how they how it grew their faith, and just the the way that God enters into messy humanity mm -hmm. with this glory and does work anyways, even though we're yeah. just fighting Him the whole way. I love that, and uh, so one of the things that really excites me about heaven is I just, I don't know if this is real or not, but I have this imagination, <laughs> this idea that we're going to get to hear stories in heaven. Mm. Yeah, we're going to get to heaven and and then and forget the, and I'm not demeaning them, but forget the, the people you've heard of, the Billy Grahams or the Mother Teresa's. I'm, I'm talking about the little widow you never heard of mm. that lived this just championed life of faith. I mean, yeah. just this life of faith that just would, all of us would just go, oh my, yeah. we're in heaven. And like, I, I would hope to sit around the feast. We're yeah. like, God's like, let me tell you another story. Yeah. You know, and like it's story time all the time. I'm going to be right. so excited. I'd be like, yeah, please tell yeah. me another story. Right. Like, oh yeah, I got a little, little shivers. I love it. Okay. Um, what is it? What, 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 
one of the things that resonated with everyone, all of our, our elders, is we loved this idea of, of um, stating, articulating that a church must live out gospel culture. It was so important to us. Um, it's It was at the core of really what we begin to discuss and have discussed probably for the last two years. Um, what what does that look like to you? What 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 resonated? You know, what string just got like, yes, that's that's right. You know what's interesting is when I was asked to be an elder, I thought about really, you know, <laughs> you know, Jeff being an elder. That uh, because um if I look at myself from a world's point of view, I've got I'm flawed in so many ways. Right. But what God has shown me is I've got this new identity Yeah, that, um, that he's given me an opportunity to carry out his work mm. and what an important job that is. Mm. And, um, and so I think about, you know, as we, as we talk about why stating it was, was so important, it's because that's to state it is the heart of our church. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is very important to us that our church as us as leaders would be important for them to hear what, what's our heart. Um, I've often said, don't, uh, and I joke about this, but don't judge us by our looks, get to know our hearts right. and our hearts have to be stated for someone to see what's inside of us. Cause on the outside, maybe we dress differently. Maybe we look differently. We're from different cultures, but, um, some of us are yahoos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've been accused of that before. I'm probably guilty of it. <laughs> yeah. So so I think it's important that um, somehow people have to hear the words of of what we value the most. There you go. And there what we go. want to live out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but then we have to model it. We have to show it. Right. So it's one thing to say it, but like yeah. it's a whole nother thing. To, to back that up with yeah. real action. And I, and I would agree. I think stating it's hel- is helpful because we want people to, to note it when they see it in us. We yeah. want them to, to go back and go, oh, that's what that looks mm-hmm. like. I, I would even go so far as to say this, and I've, I've been in a number of churches and certainly um, been, ex- been exposed mm-hmm. in the last 10 years with ministry to a lot of churches. And I would say there's like, there's a lot of okay things, maybe even a lot of good things that we could really find to be of, of preeminent importance. You know, there, there are churches that I think are are very much about patriotism and, and about America. Um, and, I, and you know, patriotism and America are not bad things. <laughs> they're not. Yeah. Um, but they're not what any of us would want at the core of our church. This is not what God called us to do. I think there are churches that, you know, for them at the center is like, we're about truth. It's just about truth. Like it's me. And we, we're unadulterated. Doesn't matter who gets hit by it. Right. Like that's at the center. Yeah. That's not for us. Yeah. It's, I mean, truth is super important, but it's not, that's not what we would say. Well, that's interesting. We talk about the gospel culture and, um, and to some, that could sound like a really broad blanket, you know, a big, real broad paintbrush. Right. But the actuality is, the gospel covers truth, including love. Right. So truth without love is 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 not good. Right. right. So, so by calling it gospel culture, we're really covering that this is important for how we live right. in a Christ-like way, doing what Christ set forth, pre-planned for us to do. Ephesians two ten. Mm. You know, we're we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Right. Do the works that God created us for us in advance to do. I, the other thing I think about gospel culture a lot is that there's something about Jesus 
and, and, and a lot of the early church as well, that you, you may not have been able to articulate exactly why mm-hmm. it was so attractive and it was so comforting and it, and it pulled people in, but you, could, but you knew it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, and even in, if you weren't at a point yet in your experience where you could, you could say why, you just knew yeah. there, there's something there, right? I feel safe. I feel, I feel loved. I feel welcome. Um, and, and all those things, I feel that, that acceptance without necessarily the church capitulating to my ideas or my priorities or my sin or anything else. I just, but, I, but man, they love me. Mm. They love me. And uh, I think that weird tension, mm. that mystery uh, is so important. Yeah. It's so important. Now, let me ask you this. In your own personal life, in your walk, as a, as a businessman, as a dad, as an elder, as a group leader, you have all these different hats you wear. What does it look like for you to live out a gospel culture in your life? You know, I think from my own personal experience is, and part of my testimony was that at one point in time, I thought I'd done enough bad that I couldn't be a part of God, Mm. you know? Mm. And I went, I grew up in a legalistic church, going to Sunday school and all that. And, um, but when I learned that it's not, what I do, it's what Christ did. Mm. And it's what Christ does through me that I was, you know, that I was accepted. I was secure. I was significant. Um, I, it's given me a new view of people, but yeah. I have to, I have to practice and work at it. Cause I, it, I wasn't, I was 30 years old when I came to Christ or when I, when I said, gosh, Lord, thank you. Thank you. What you, <laughs> right. You know, I need that. Yeah. And so to me, I feel like we have the cure for everything that ails people. Right. I mean, the cure isn't more laws and regulations. That doesn't work. It never worked for me, at least. Mm. But the, the, the cure is a hope, an eternal hope that Christ has already conquered death. He's already won and had victory over our sin. Mm. And we can live in that. And we can live in that as we trust and abide in him. So for me, I get excited about telling people about that. I get excited about mentoring people, um, teaching. I get excited about making other people's lives better, whether it's at work or at home or at church or in a group. Uh, to me, I believe that's why I fit the role to be an elder because to, to teach and build and train and, right. and help other people's lives be better. But I see daily life as I sell fertilizer and so there's a lot of jokes about fertilizer salesmen, <laughs> but, but I see each person I meet with as how do I make his life better? And there's one, really only one true way that people can be fully satisfied and fully fulfilled and it's through Christ Jesus. And so that's what drives me. That's what gets me excited, you know, and, and I know when I'm living that, um, when I'm, when I'm sharing with brothers walking through the Bible with them and, and that's when I'm most satisfied. That's mm-hmm. when I'm most filled. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you spending a few minutes with us today and, and talking through this. Uh, thanks for, for taking some time out of your day. Absolutely. Yeah. Glad All to right. be a part of it. Res uh, family, we'll be back with another fireside chant uh, shortly. Just, um, boy, as you, you leave today, thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention and just know that you're, you're loved and you're prayed for. Thanks guys.